Chuck, what's the move, man? to a post-election day episode, or I'm sorry, the post-election day episode of the Rob Genius Podcast. Yeah, I started recording this while the election returns are coming in, so... You know, different parts of the show may reflect differently, <laughs> depending on when they're recorded. But anyway, um, things are trending towards Joe Biden being announced the winner by the time you hear this. Um, look, that's what I voted for, so obviously I hope that trend holds up. So what I'm going to do here this week is I'm going to talk about a bunch of things, you know, in regards to the election, what it all means, etc., but, um, also got some, you know, more frivolous things like Corona parties <laughs> and, you know, whether or not, you know, we should give people a break for attending them. <laughs> you know, rather than that. Um, yes, this week is heavy on election stuff, and my sleep patterns are just all shot to hell, because the Tuesday night, it was hard, well, I was on edge Tuesday night, fell asleep around 10, woke up at 3, Wednesday morning, and, you know, went all the way through to about 8.15, 8.20, Wednesday night, woke up at like a 11 Wednesday night fell back asleep for another hour and now it's like almost 2.30 in the morning Thursday morning and I'm here doing this <laughs> so my, my sleep patterns are just jacked up this week because of the election coverage but anyway um, like I said this heavy election post-mortem or post game analysis, whatever you want to call it, here, 
this week, and now the music for this week is, as you may have guessed, Public Enemy. I mean, would have been easy guess since the the song that brought us in was Public Enemy number one, right? But anyway, um, and yes, they are a New York rap group who became a big deal during the eighties and nineties, but um, unlike most of the groups I've highlighted before, they're still around and kicking in 2020. So I'll, you know, talk about them more at length later. But, uh, let's just get this thing rolling here. Yeah, because uh, if I keep going, this is going to be another one of those 10-minute intros. And I know you'd rather me just get to the point than spend... 10 minutes ram- rambling in the opening segment. So, that <laughs> will give you some more public enemy and then we will get this thing rolling. Some of y'all don't know how to act. I mean, seriously. <clears throat> uh, you, you saw a bunch of these celebrities on Instagram, regular folk on Instagram, have Halloween parties. What are y'all doing? Hey, look, all right, all right, you know, if you want to get together with your spouse or significant other, take some couple pictures, dressed up, okay, fine. Nothing wrong with that at all. Thank you. Just, you know, that's a nice encouraging thing to do, considering what we're dealing with now. Um, you know, if your kids got dressed up and you took your kids out trick-or-treating, uh, you know, I don't think it's a big deal. That's fine. <clears throat> but if you're out here having indoor Halloween parties, even if it's just you and a few of your friends, come on now. 
Come on. Look, I know everybody's desperate right now just to do something with people. And you're just tired of, you know, not being around to see everybody and all that kind of stuff. Yes. All right, I understand. Trust me, I want to see, you know, family members and friends too. I haven't seen any of my friends, like, you know, in, in a while long time uh, you know I see my neighbors but still not going over in my house right <clears throat> um, I've seen my parents a couple times and even that's like either sitting outside or we were you know it, it, uh, we went, uh, we were indoors we were had masks on while we were indoors right I mean yeah I ain't seen my co-workers and I mean, I do have, I'm fortunate enough to have a few people that work that I consider to be friends. And I haven't seen any of them since March. <laughs> I mean, look, so, so, look, I get it. Right? Um, haven't been in church since March because it ain't safe to go. I mean, even though, you know, they're allowed to have people in, um, still ain't safe to go, really. So... I mean, it's, I understand. I really do. Being, you know, in the house by yourself. Or or if it's just you and your spouse or you and your kids or whatever. Right? I mean, yes, that, 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 that's, that, that'll make you crazy after a while. I mean, just getting out to go to the grocery store is like a thing now. But... I mean, you don't see your neighbors or your friends there or whatever, right? I mean, it's mostly strangers you see at the grocery store. Unless you just happen to coincidentally be there at the same time as somebody you know. But, um, y'all out here having indoor Halloween parties? Come on, people. Although, that's not the worst of it. Because, you know what, look, I, I mean, it's not the end of, like, I mean, you, Having an indoor Halloween party with a few people doesn't mean that everybody's going to catch it. Okay. Or nobody might catch it, right? I mean, okay, fine. Or maybe some of y'all have been tested and you're okay. Or whatever. But. <laughs> Oof. Man. <clears throat> some of y'all, I don't know. And then the worst, the, the worst, is the people who went to the club. Seen some of these pictures of people at the club over the past week. Club packed. Ain't nobody wearing no mask or nothing. People just up in there like like everything's fine. Man, what are y'all doing? Listen, okay. This thing ain't over. It ain't close to being over. Man, what are y'all doing? We ain't never gonna get out of this. Okay, we're never getting out of this. The way y'all are acting. Alright. I mean, trust me, your kids want to go back to school. Alright, and then the ones that are back in school, you know, they want to, you know, not have to worry about catching the Rona when at school. 
alright, um, y'all not helping, okay, so whether, whether you're having Halloween parties, or you're going to the club, and everybody up in there, and, you know, I guess we, we can include the president with, you know, with all the, the, the big rallies he's been having, super spreader rallies, Lord knows how many thousands of people have got infected being around that. You know, and rest in peace, Herman Cain. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, there are ways to take precautions and still do some things. But people I saw over the past week in some of these pictures ain't doing none of that and y'all look y'all gonna keep the rest of us in the house forever and I'm on and I'm, I'm boy I blame all of you if we still doing this a year from now Meanwhile, you know, Australia and New Zealand opening back up. And some other places that are opening back up. All of us Western countries with all our brilliance. You know, Europe, they're going back into lockdown. And here, we just a mess. But this is how it's going to be until y'all know how to act. Alright, I mean, I got nothing for y'all, for real. I mean, nothing. Y'all messing up everybody else. Anyhow, alright, enough of that. Time to move on. I'll be back in a minute. And look, um, while we're on the subject of things like, you know, corona parties and the election and things like that, you know, I just... Just as a blanket topic, you need to talk about shaming people. Because, um, you know, one thing that's come out, um, when in addition to these, like, celebrity, you know, things like the Kardashian stuff and everything, um, you know, people have been posting up on Instagram pictures of them being at, like, Halloween parties and such, and... Or just at the club or whatever. And, you know, I've heard people or saw people on Twitter, you know, refer, you know, use the term COVID shaming, right? Because basically saying that just because, you know, we shouldn't be out here talking bad about people because they got, you know, COVID or whatever because they out, you know, or they're behaving in such a manner that might, you know, get them COVID. And that we shouldn't shame people, right? That we should just let people be. And I'm like, whatever. I mean, seriously? Um, You know, and then that goes with... And also with, uh, you know... What's been called vote shaming. Where basically it's giving people a hard time... Because they didn't vote. And... You know, I'm a believer that... You know, under these circumstances, hell yeah, I'm going to give you a hard time if you didn't vote. Are you kidding me? 
I mean, because, I mean, especially if you're going to be out here, you know, talking about, well, they don't do nothing for us. I mean, yeah, I'm going to shame you for not voting. I'm sorry. This this is not a game. This is not a joke. Neither, neither is COVID, for that matter. And if you're out there just being reckless and, you know, carrying on in such a way that you could harm, you know, others, not just yourself, but other people, then, yeah, you daggone right, I'm going to shame you for it. And, and, like, we don't shame people enough, right? I mean, for a lot of things. You know, listen, I, I'm not going to shame you for, you know, who you are or anything like that. You know, I talk about, you know, kink shaming people when it comes to you know what they like to do in the bedroom or whatever I'm not going to shame you over that either but if you out here being reckless and you end up you know catching COVID I mean yeah you should get shamed now I don't want you to you know get it really bad or you know die or anything I don't want that for you but I mean you deserve to be frowned upon for being out there acting stupid if you were doing that and if you choose not to vote, if you chose not to vote in this election, you deserve to be shamed for that too. I mean, you know, problem is we've taken things that people should not be shamed for and turned that into just this big blanket. You know, you should think you should never shame anybody for anything. And that's not true. All right, sometimes you should get shamed. I mean, if you're doing something that's reckless and harmful to yourself or others, you should get shamed for it. All right, if you're doing something reprehensible, you should get shamed for it. I mean, it's not my fault that you're out here carrying on like that. And I don't have to... You know, if you're making bad decisions about stuff, I don't have to respect your decisions. I really don't. I mean, if you, I mean, just just the way it is, you're not above it. Because you doing damage to people. you putting people in jeopardy with your behavior or what you're thinking. And you absolutely should get called out for it. And you absolutely should get shamed for it. And if you can't handle that, then maybe you shouldn't be out acting reckless. You know, maybe you shouldn't be taking courses of action that might possibly put somebody else in a bad spot. That's your responsibility. All right, like, look, you're not on this earth just for you. Alright, we live together, we live amongst each other, and look, I always close out the show saying take care of each other. Well, that's part of taking care of it. The decisions you make are part of taking care of each other, particularly with what's going on in the world now with COVID and with the election and all of that stuff. You, your decisions affect other people's lives, right? Your decisions affect how other people are going to be treated in our society. 
and if you can't handle that, if you know, if, if you and well, if you can't handle being scrutinized for making you know decisions that hurt people, then you know what? Too bad. That's all there is to it. Be back after this. New York rap group from the 1980s and 1990s. Uh, the difference is, the difference is that they just put out an album this year. <laughs> okay, they did, uh, and I was I was late to the party listening to it, so I finally got around to listening to it over this past weekend, and it's it's really good. Called, what are you gonna do when the grid goes? What are you gonna do when the grid goes down? And to me, it's probably the most kind of focused in, uh, in terms of the music production, and it just to me anyway, it's it's the best thing they put out in a really long time. Probably since they were like at their peak, you know, popularity. Now, what's funny about one thing that's funny about them was they were already quote unquote older when they started. I believe uh, Chuck D, who's the leader of the group, for those who don't know, said he was 27. Like when they when they first you know when they put out their first music on their first tour and everything, 27. Which for rap that is an old start. Uh, I mean, there are people who are whose careers are over in rap when they're 27. So for him, for them to just be starting, it was pretty remarkable. And they, you know, they had a good run as far as you know their kind of peak. They did. Uh, let me see. You know, their first four albums were all a big deal. Had a lot of hits or at least rap hits, they didn't cross over really. 
and they were probably the at one point the biggest of all the quote unquote conscious rap groups and I think that was largely I mean, their, their production uh, team with Bomb Squad that was Chuck and Hank Shockley Keith Shockley they had just top notch just beats and samples and all types of stuff and Chuck is one of the best rappers ever has one of the best rap voices ever so I mean, they had a really good run and they kept going actually like they never fizzled out really it's just that they left Def Jam and they went independent and the thing about going independent well they went independent back around you know 1998, 1999 when it was unheard of and the thing about that is that well particularly then well, but I mean you go independent you get no promotion I because you know your record labels are all in, you know in bed with the music media, so it's really hard to get any type of real promotion out there. But they and they so they went independent early, and this was you know before music was got big on the internet. So you know you had so you know distribution was not easy. Right, I mean, but that being said, they were one of the first groups to really go to the internet to put their music on there, and Chuck was way ahead of the game with that. And Chuck was talking about you know revolution as far as music and the internet. He, he was talking about that, you know, in the early two thousands. So he, he's really a pioneer in that. And they, they never stopped making music. They never stopped touring. So they basically, they managed to avoid getting thrown away. Like so many other artists and groups that I've played here. Because, you know, that's always something I always mention that you know, rappers get thrown away so much. That so many of them you know, careers over, or their, their relevant careers over by, you know, before they turn 35. And, you know, they just get completely disposed of. So, you know, by going independent like they did, you know, Public Enemy, you know, they got off of the, you know, merry-go-round or got out of the meat grinder, whatever you want, whatever kind of, you know, <laughs> metaphor you want to use, but they got out, they got off the train, yeah, <laughs> before they got kicked off, so even though, again, they, you know, they were distributing on the internet, so they, you, you didn't get, they didn't get the kind of promotion that they would have gotten had they stayed on a label, but at the same time, you know, when they got, I mean, major labels don't promote 40-year-old rappers very much. So, 
they probably made out just as fine, really. I mean, and, and whatever money was made off of their independent records was theirs. You know, so they went, good, what, 20 years unattached to a label. So now, this latest album they did for Def Jam, I don't think they've, like, actually re-signed it to Def Jam. But this is under that umbrella. And it has a lot, you know, has a lot of guest stars. In fact, they brought back a lot of the OGs with them. You know, Ice-T is on this record. Uh... Parrish Smith from EPMD is on here. As a DMC is on there also from Run DMC. So there's a lot there. And good to see them still going. Chuck is 60 now. And you know, 60 year old rapper putting out new music in 2020. It's truly an accomplishment and a truly an achievement, given the way that, you know, like I said, rappers are disposed of so quickly. You know, like I said, rap is a young man's game, but that's because they kick out anybody who's not, you know, under the age of 35, right? I mean, it's not because older people can't do it, it's because they throw you out. You know, that's just somebody like Jay-Z who found, you know, found his way to basically get around all that and stay relevant, but... You know, 60-year-old Chuck D should be able to make music. And just like 70-year-old Bruce Springsteen does. And which Bruce Springsteen just put out an album. And he's 70-something years old. I mean... So no reason why 60-year-old Chuck D can't, you know, put Public Enemy can't do that either. And I'm glad they did, really. So, salute Public Enemy. Now, I will get a song from the new album on here before the show's over. But for now, enjoy this one, and then we'll get back to the show. thing that's come out of this is 
I think I mentioned this before, like these kind of people saying that, well, no matter what happens, you know, be nice. So now that Biden is the apparent winner, there have been a lot of Trump people saying, okay, don't be, don't be mean to us, okay? And, um, seriously? Okay, I remember people at Trump rallies in 2016 with t-shirts on that said Trump, you know, F your feelings. And for the last four years, you know, people who have pointed out things that the Trump administration has done that are illegal or immoral or, you know, or what have you, have just been met with a just constant, oh, well, go cry about it, snowflake, whatever. So, after four years or, I mean, five years really since he, you know, declared he was running, I mean, there's been nothing but, you know, hostility and, you know, if your feelings and, you know, go cry about it, snowflake and, you know, and that's when they're not like, you know, encouraging people to be violent towards you. I mean, I mean, just ever since he said he was running, it's been nothing but nonstop hostility and, you know, and just, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I mean, just the idea that now that we're supposed to be gracious now you know, we're supposed to show mercy to people who have spent the last five years just doing anything and everything to stick it to us. I mean, people, and again, it's not just, you know, your typical, you know, Victor goes to spoils kind of treatment that happens, right? I mean, we're talking about You know, getting people riled up to commit violence in the name of, you know, MAGA, right? Um, you know, we're talking about just, you know, being called snowflake if you bring up anything or if you just tell your story about being harassed by Trump supporters or whatever, you know, you were told to go find a safe space, you little, you know, wimp or whatever, right? I mean, and, you know, five years of their leader, you know, just denigrating people from behind the podium when he gives speeches, right? I mean, five years of that, you know, five years of You know, get used to it, punk. We're here forever, right? I mean, you know, five years of, you know, lock him up, lock her up, chants at rallies. Five years of, you know, sicking his supporters onto members of the media or, you know, public servants, you know, civil servants who were just doing their job. You know, I mean, 
Okay, five years of that. Five years of calling people crooked, you know, because they wouldn't bend the knee and, you know, do what boss Trump wanted. Right? right? I mean, for doing your duty, for living up to your oath as a civil servant, you know, he's called people crooked and... Again, you know, sick the, the, the MAGA patrol on them. So, I'm sorry. The idea that we're supposed to be, you know, bend over backwards to be gracious towards people who have not given us any courtesy or anything for the last five years? I mean, the idea that we shouldn't even celebrate, you know, any, <laughs> you know, winning an election I mean I'm sorry you know five years of you know just being told that we didn't know what we were talking about if we called the guy racist with proof you know five years of being told he's doing a great job while everything fell apart you know, five years of him, you know, throwing out chum to the, you know, QAnon conspiracy theorist people, and, you know, I mean, seriously? And now, now, that, you know, the shoe was just slightly on the other foot, now it's Okay, well, you know, y'all, y'all, you know, y'all, y'all don't, y'all don't rub it in people's face too much now. Okay, stop it. Okay, I mean, seriously, stop it. Okay, y'all laughed, y'all couldn't stop laughing after the 2016 election. Okay, couldn't stop laughing. Still laughing about, we were still laughing about it all the way up to what probably a couple of weeks ago right and so now and now now we're we're now people are supposed to be you know gracious towards you seriously i mean that's ridiculous i mean and look i am not one to be all you know you know throwing stuff in people's face anyway or to, you know, I'm not one to be out here yelling, you know, if your feelings to people. But, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, okay? So, any of, you know, my contemporaries who want to stick it to you, who want to, you know, rub your face in it or whatever, they are more than entitled to. Okay, and maybe y'all need to learn how to be gracious first, because y'all are the worst sports out there, and you just knew that you were going to keep winning and keep winning and keep winning, and that no one would ever even come close to repudiating you, and now that it's happened, now that it's going on, now you want people to lay off of you. I mean, again... Excuse me. Those of us who aren't, who are not inclined to do that type of thing towards you, won't. But because we don't do that anyway. But 
Those of us who are? Oh. Again, it's... It's free fire zone, baby. And... You're just gonna have to eat it. Because you earned it. Wow. Be back after this. One thing I gotta do now, and not, not wait till next week, is to you know, give out some middle fingers, okay? Because <laughs> there are some people who really do deserve them. All right, uh, who have you know from day one with this guy just not helped, and in some cases made things worse. And well, all right, well, the first middle finger goes to the Republican Party because they did absolutely nothing to, to rein this guy in. I mean, he, he threatened them, he berated them. Uh, you know, they gave up, you know, some. A few of them spoke, you know, badly of him. Or, you know, or I'm sorry, that's not even the right way to say it. A few of them rightly criticized him during, you know, when he campaigned the first time. Now, of course, they criticized him right up until he got the nomination. Then they started hemming and hawing. Right? Because they felt some pressure to kind of play along. Particularly when you know, the party faithful voters made it clear that they were on the Trump train. But then, then to make it worse, alright, you know, they, 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 you know, they got a little courage as the first campaign was coming towards the end because they thought he was going to lose. And then once he won, they all rolled over for him. All of them. Okay. Not a single one of them showed an ounce of courage. And there were a few people who, you know, every now and then jumped up and maybe said something critical. But then when it came time to vote on stuff, they fell in line. 
Okay, and the, the, the exception being, you know, late John McCain on the uh, Obamacare vote. He is the one and only person who actually, you know, put his money where his mouth was and voted against him. Okay, everybody else, no matter, you know, they occasionally gave a, oh, well, this is wrong what he's saying, or this is wrong how he's doing this kind of quote. But then when it came time to vote on stuff, they voted, they, you know, they fell in line and voted with him. So it doesn't matter, look, it doesn't matter what you say. If you fall in line and vote for the stuff, then you did nothing. And the reason they fell in line and voted, one, because he punked them, yes, but the other thing was that they were okay with it, or it was stuff that they wanted. They wanted, you know, right-wing judges. So even if he went about it the, the just the absolute wrong way of nominating them or whatever, they voted for them. <clears throat> you know, child separation, didn't have a problem with it. Muslim ban, didn't have a problem with it. Wasting money, building, you know, quote-unquote, building the wall, no pro- they didn't care. They were okay with it. All that stuff they were okay with. Okay, the tariffs... That, that jacked up the farmer's business. They didn't have a problem with it. So they are all complicit. Period. End of story. Because, look, you, you have to assume they all went along with so many things that you have to assume. Well, they all went along with everything that he did. So you have to assume that either it's what they wanted in the first place or they didn't have a problem with it. So they get they get the first middle finger. And and look, and understand something. This is another reason why you know, we should give them no quarter. They don't deserve any. They don't. Which brings me to the middle finger number two. The political media. They are the worst. Okay, the reason that those guys were able to get away with just being Trump's toadies for four years is because the media was doing the same thing. Okay, they couldn't dare call that man racist. No matter what he said. No matter what policy he pushed. They could not dare call him where everything was racially tinged, racially charged, you know, controversial, right? I mean, like the Muslim ban was racist, okay? Racist. It wasn't controversial. It wasn't tough policy. It was racist, okay? Child separation policy, racist. Okay, because they were not snatching children away from, you know, European immigrants, of which there are many illegal European immigrants in this country. And they don't round them up, put them in cages, and snatch the children away. But they did to the kids at the border, and that is racist. All right? 
and the media could not call him on it. They, they were too chicken shit to call it what it is. And they're also too chicken shit to call him a liar. I mean, everything, they came up with a million different ways to say, you know, other than to call him a liar or to say that he was lying. You know, or the president made some untrue statements. The, the president said some things that were factually incorrect. The president said some things that are contrary to reality. No, those are lies. Okay, those were lies. Well, the president says some deceptive things. Lie. Okay, those are lies. And if somebody lies all the time, then they are a liar. They don't constantly make, you know, factually challenged statements. No, they are a liar. Okay, if you say stuff that is not true all the time, you are a liar. Well, he did his intent was not to deceive. Really? Really? Stop it. Okay. The man lied over and over again for the last for the past five years. And look, he started his, his very premise for running for president was based on a lie. Okay, it was on the birther stuff with Obama, okay? And of course that was the preview because I mean, the media didn't call that stuff what it was. But, I mean, this has been par for the course, though, because, you know, if you, I mean, you say some stuff that isn't true, but you say it in an authoritative manner, then, you know, then, oh, that's, that's good politics. Well, it's not true. Well, well, we're not here to call people liars on TV. Right, that's, you know, Chuck Todd says stuff like that, right? That, you know, well, well, you can't correct all this stuff. They say, you know, they, you know, they say X number of untrue statements. You can't just correct. You can't correct everything. You don't have time. Well, then stop bringing them on your show. You know, and that's also true for you know people like you know Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway says a whole bunch of, I mean, she says a million. You know, false statements every time she goes on one of these shows. And, you know, be it Chuck Todd or Jake Tapper or whoever, they all say the same thing. Well, you know, we have them on because they're from the administration and people need to know what the administration has to say about X. It's like, okay, but we're not, but we're not getting any information because they come on and they lie. And then... You, the host, you know, you, quote-unquote, get tough with them on the air, right? I mean, it's as much of a work as pro wrestling is. The difference is we don't watch pro wrestling to get informed. If I'm watching CNN, it's to get informed. If I'm watching MSNBC, it's to get informed. Which is why I quit cable news, watching cable news, because... They, they don't inform. And look, uh, Michelle Wolf, the uh, comedian, got it best at the um, when she was at the correspondence dinner. Right? She was the host, and she basically called the media out that you know that they put up with 
all of Trump's statements and boorish behavior and all of that because it's good for ratings and it makes it more money. And that's true because, look, I mean, the digital and regular subscriptions to the Washington Post and the New York Times have shot up during the Trump administration. There are all these reporters writing books about, you know, palace intrigue kind of stuff in the Trump administration. And a lot of these reporters, like, actually sat on news so that they could put it in their book instead. Okay, so going on the whole time he's been there. They have aided, abetted, and enabled, and aided, abetted, and enabled all of his behavior, all of this stuff. You know, all the false statements, all the tearing people down, all the inciting, you know, violent racists to be violent and racist. I mean, they, I mean, they have coddled him for this whole time, and you know, and. Oh, they finally got tough with him. Like Wednesday night. Or was it Thursday night? It was was Thursday night. They finally got tough with him. Finally. Because finally, you know, he's wounded. For all intents and purposes, he has lost the election. And they, you know, and he's finally on the ropes. And now they're showing courage, you know, with him. Okay, it took them five years to show courage, and the only time they do it is when it looks like he's on his way out. But of course, that little bit of courage they showed on you know Wednesday and Thursday is gone on Friday because they refused to call the last couple of states. Look, all the kind of vote counting wizards you know people who know this stuff inside and out and know when exactly you can project a stake to be finished okay they have all come out and said that Nevada is done and it's for Biden Pennsylvania you know will be for Biden by a large margin and Georgia will probably be for him also, and probably also Arizona, right? The, 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 the vote counting experts, you know, the vote projection experts have all said this. And if it was any other election, any other person involved, they would have called it. <clears throat> okay, if it was the other way around, if the vote counting was going like this in favor of Trump, they would, they would have called those states and they would be calling on Biden to concede. And they have not done that because even now, even now, they are still, still scared of this man. And they, they still, and they're still milking him for TV ratings. Um, the media is supposed to be the check on elected officials and these folks the only thing they've been worried about is getting a check from covering him and they have helped put the very fabric of the country in jeopardy by not doing their job so they get a middle finger also
Then last one, big middle finger. To all the manga folks. Okay, you know what? Actually, you know what? No, no, because a lot of the manga folks are just well, the, the wild and crazy manga folks have always been wild and crazy, and you shouldn't expect anything else from them. But those are y'all, y'all civilized manga folks who couldn't bring yourselves to actually look at what the man was doing. You know, all y'all civilized MAGA folks who couldn't see no difference between him and, you know, Mitt Romney or him and John McCain or him and George W. Bush, right? I mean, and don't get me wrong, I ain't like any any of the, you know, policies that any of those guys either did or would have wanted to do had they been president. But, you know, To act like this guy is no different. And let's be honest, I mean, by accepting everything he does, you're basically saying that he's no different. Right? And <clears throat> to kind of just let the, you know, I mean, y'all let the wild and crazy mega folks get all the blame. But you know, Trump administration isn't a thing without you quote-unquote civilized MAGA folks propping it up. And, again, y'all the ones who, you know, I mean, child separation is not a deal-breaker. You know, infants being snatched away from their mothers and put in cages is not a deal-breaker. You know, changing people's, you know, visa status just out of the blue. So they can't, so they're either stuck here or stuck where, you know, in some other country where they already have things set up where they need to be here. Right. And then, you know, that's not a deal breaker. You know, the Muslim ban, not a deal breaker. Wasting money on that stupid wall, not a deal breaker. You know, 230,000 people dead from COVID where, you know, all he had to do was actually give a damn and the number would have at least been half of that. But y'all are fine with that. And I've said this before, you know, if you voted for him twice or if you voted for him this time, then you own all of that. Everyone has been victimized by his bad decisions or indecisions or whatever. You own that. You don't get to say, oh, well, I didn't vote for that. Yeah, you did. All right, and, and y'all are the main ones now pulling this crap. Well, no matter how the election goes, everybody be nice to everybody, okay? No. I mean, look, everybody's not going to cut you off, all right? Some people are going to let it ride. Because, you know, they're going to decide that your friendship is not worth flushing down the toilet or something, right? But, now I've said this before. If you supported this, particularly in 2020, 
when he's up for re-election, you supported it, then you own it. And if people want to cut you off because of what you supported, they got every right to. And if they do, then you just need to eat it. It is what it is. Reap the whirlwind, assholes. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we're not going on forever, but <laughs> I'll call it a, a segment here and move on. Be back in a minute. Everybody that makes it difficult to vote and difficult to register to vote on top of that. Um, one of the reasons we get a lot of the electoral outcomes that we do is that in a lot of states, people are disenfranchised. I mean, this is particularly true in the South. Places like Mississippi and Georgia and Carolinas, you know, but it's also true in some parts of the Midwest. And surprisingly in New York. Now, in New York, it's kind of a result of, I don't know, compromise of, not well, just fighting over everything and whatnot and but in a lot of these 
you know, southern and midwestern states, these restrictions and kind of, you know, stupid argument and reasons and things that you, hoops that you have to jump through. Um, well, they're done to disenfranchise black people, basically. Um, you know, some of these former Confederate states, um, there are requirements that affect particularly like older black people about like, you know, birth certificates and marriage licenses and such that were not given to black people for a very long time. Um, but also, you know, one is a, is a signature matching requirement. So basically you have to, you know, whatever you signed, I guess to register or whatever, you know, if you do a mail-in ballot or an absentee ballot, the, the signature on that has to match your registration signature. I mean, never mind that some people don't sign stuff the same way every time. I don't. Right, but then, you know, and that's part of it. Um, but also, you know, the voter ID, which costs people money, which there are only a few places in some of these states where you can go get one. Uh and what's happened in recent years, closing down the polling places, and, you know, it's done strategically, so that, you know, polling places are closed where black people live. Or, you know, early voting hours are cut in places where black people would go to early vote. And this is all done to make it more difficult for us to vote because, you know, if all of us voted, you know, a lot of these places, the outcomes would be different. You know, and then there's, you know, felony disenfranchisement, right? Um, or, you know, in some states, if you're convicted of a felony, you can't vote anymore. And that makes no sense. Right, I mean, you go to jail, you did your time, you're finished, and you're back out in society. Why should you not be able to vote? I mean, and yeah, that and that's racist in its own way, also. And how you ask? Well, I mean, you you can go through the justice system and you can see that, you know who gets charged with what and like the frequency rates and all of that I mean you know we're more likely to be overcharged for committing you know certain offenses we're more likely to be charged with felonies we're also more likely to get railroaded through the system and you know and maybe plead, end up pleading guilty towards something for the sake of getting it off the docket, right? Um, you know, all of that goes on. 
and the result is a felony conviction. And if you, you know, in, in a lot of states, if you got that, you can't vote. Now in Florida, they had a ballot measure a few years ago to get rid of that, and it passed. But then, you know, the governor and the legislature turned around and passed another law that required you to, like, pay off all your, um, I guess whatever costs have been encouraged by the state or whatever by your trial and everything, right? Okay, and... Which basically was just re-disenfranchising people because, look, if you've been convicted of a felony, you know, you get out of jail, you're broke, more than likely. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're not like a rich person who went to jail, but if you're like a regular person who went to jail for a felony, you get out, you're probably broke. So where are you supposed to get this money? To pay off, you know, whatever these fees are. So you can't, so, so for all intents and purposes, you've been re-disenfranchised and this was done because the people who, who are more like most likely to vote should they get their voting rights back black they vote for the democrats they are you know native american brothers and they live on the reservation you know they got jumped through a bunch of hoops to vote because you know if they live on the reservation they may not have a formal address or whatever I mean and the only excuse for all these things are that well we're trying to protect the integrity of the process um, so I guess it's a mere coincidence that these rules that get drawn up disproportionately affect you know, black people, Hispanic people, Native American people, right? Um, I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Right, and... And, you know, and some of it's partisan because these groups are more likely to vote Democrat if they can, you know, if and when they get a chance to vote. But... You know, I, I don't think for one minute that if it wasn't someone else's best interest to disenfranchise us that way, they wouldn't seek it out. I mean, I mean, when the country was founded, if you weren't white, you couldn't vote. And there are people in 2020 who, quite frankly, think that that was perfectly fine and would love to go back to it. So, when they get in power, they make it as difficult as possible. And look, and they, they tailor make, again, they tailor these standards and restrictions so that they adversely affect certain groups more than others. And the only real way to really overcome that is if you have to do what they did in Georgia, with, you know, Stacey Abrams and her organization, they registered 800,000 people 
right? So basically, you got to register so many people and who vote in such large numbers that they can't take them all out with the, with the convoluted rules. Yeah, right. So, for all of you who seek to make it more difficult for people to vote, big middle finger. And lastly, lastly, the last middle finger goes to all of you who argue in bad faith. Okay, all of you. Okay, I'm talking to, to those of you who get on like Facebook or Twitter or whatever and say, well, what's the difference? There's no real, can, can, what's the real difference between, you know, Joe Biden and Donald Trump? You know, well, how's Joe Biden going to be any different? You know, and then when somebody, you know, shows you receipts, you say, oh, and then you just dismiss it, right? I mean, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, right? I got into an argument with somebody who asked, you know, what did, you know, you know, um, what would, you know, you know, Joe Biden do for black people? And, you know, and I posted links to their plan to what, to a, a list of things, verified things that, you know, happened during the Obama administration that were beneficial to black people and, you know, and a list of, you know, policies that were enacted during the Clinton administration that were beneficial to black people. And they kind of half-assed read it, read all of it, and then came back and told me, and basically told me this stuff didn't count. Right? I mean, so that's what it's like getting into a quote-unquote debate with people about a lot of this, some people about a lot of this stuff. Right? They're not looking for actual information or to be swayed. Right? They're just, they're just saying stuff to say it. And they're looking again. They're looking, they're looking for confirmation, not conversation. <laughs> All right, edit. <laughs> and then even if you provide them with just definitive, overwhelming proof, and you even get them to say, "Oh, I didn't know that," you know, they'll come back the very next day or the very next week saying the exact same thing they were saying before. Right? <laughs> I mean, so. And, you know, and look, I was a little smarter this time around to not engage with those folks as much. And I'm telling you, don't engage with any of them. Right. Or, you know, if you do, you know, if you want to make one comment or something and then, you know, they completely dismiss what you said, then the best thing you can do is just say, you know what, this ain't going nowhere. So, you know, have a good day. Or maybe, you know, that's the best thing you can do. Or, you know, the only thing you can really get out of it is to, you know, put your arguments out there in the hope that somebody who's reading it, somebody else who's, who's just reading the thread or whatever may see it and be convinced. But as far as the person that you're arguing with, it's a waste of time. Because, they're, again, they're not looking to be persuaded. They're looking to, to get confirmed. And if you don't give that to them, then they will dismiss your arguments and move along. So just don't give them the time of day. What I'm going to give them right here is another middle finger. <laughs> because they deserve it. 
All right, and <laughs> so that's it for the middle fingers. And I'm gonna get some shout outs after this. I'm just going to end this, you know, first part of the election day aftermath. Uh, just giving some shout outs, some recognition to people who deserve it. Um, first up, all the people counting votes because, you know, thanks to the uh, this paranoia that our president is you know, fanned. A lot of these folks are getting bomb threats and death threats and all kinds of stuff just for showing up and counting votes. So, you know, regardless of the outcome, well, even though, look, we know what the outcome is going to be now, but still, even if it was going the other way, like these folks deserve credit for doing this you know, under all of this just craziness right now. With people trying to, you know, barge through and, you know, bone rush to counting centers. Now, now I got people, you know, demonstrating, chanting outside, threatening people. Some guys got arrested in Pennsylvania for some plot or something. I mean, vote counters, y'all are showing some probably, well, showing some real courage right now. Courage, which you probably never expected you would have to have. <laughs> so, thank you. Um, to the Navajo Nation in uh, Arizona. I mean, I saw some numbers and where darn near everybody who was eligible. Like, maybe like something like 80 or 90% turnout in this election. And y'all were a big part of what it looks like we'll be flipping Arizona. I've mentioned Stacey Abrams and Stacey Abrams and her organization. Uh, she herself gave credit to a lot of the people working with it. But this is something that's been in the works for like five or six years. And, you know, to her credit and the people working with her, you know, this is a long effort they paid dividends, and look, these things do not happen overnight. So, to everyone there who has been putting in the time, effort, and energy to make this thing happen, and who did not give up when Abrams lost the governor's race in 2018, who kept pushing, 
uh, y'all deserve all the credit in the world for what you did and this should serve as an example to other people who are trying to make some type of change it takes time and you gotta dig in and be in for the long haul um, to everybody who had to switch up their way of voting you know because of the pandemic right I mean I voted by mail this time and yeah, I know it was a scary proposition for a lot of people because because you weren't sure if your vote was going to get counted and everything. But hey, those are I mean, you did it anyway. You took you took the chance. And to those of y'all who did go to the polls and waited in line for five, ten, twelve hours, still, I mean, as always, y'all deserve credit for persevering. Um. You know, all the campaign volunteers, staff, people who went away from their families for maybe as long as two years to do this. Um, you know, nobody gets elected to anything without y'all, right? Um, and y'all, when you win, you should get credit. I think mean, if you lose, you should get credit for your effort. But, I mean, you win, you should get credit for all that went towards winning that you did <laughs> you know like poll workers I mean you know, we got a pandemic going on and y'all still showed up at polls and did your job and took the risk thank you um, whew. Whew, excuse me I'll be on in here it's Saturday morning <laughs> And look then to everybody who, you know, put in time and effort to convince people to vote. Well, to those of you who convinced people who took put in the time and effort to convince people to, to to vote the way that I voted, thank you. I mean, let me just be clear, okay? All right. Okay, that, that, that's a, that's a one way award. All right. Those of y'all that convince people to get on the Trump train, I got nothing for you. But, um, <laughs> you know, look, um, and look, while I have a lot of disdain for the networks, just being afraid to call these last couple of states because they don't want to make Trump angry. Um, those of y'all, like Steve Kornacki, who I normally am very critical of, but who have been darn near living at the TV station for the last couple of days, like, I may not like what decisions being made at your network, but, you know, kudos for, you know, putting in this time, brother. Um, And you know what? Um, so many other people whose efforts won't make it into a history book or even a you know blog post anywhere. I mean, I hope that your candidates appreciate you and 
that the people who know what you are doing appreciate you. And look to all the activists who got out there. Um, and while, you know, I don't always agree with the timing of, you know, getting some, you know, trying to get some issues out there into the public conversation. Um, you know, you got them, there's some stuff that may not have been front and center in Biden's platform that you got in there by your efforts. So, thank you. And with that, that is the end of Election Day Aftermath Part 1. I will get into the rest of my thoughts next week. And then, uh, I will also, also hope to have my buddies Ray Cash and TJ on the Talks and Pro Wrestling. So until then, Election Day is over. The pandemic is not. So... I know you want to go see people on Thanksgiving. Please don't. Okay. Please continue, those of you who are, have been doing it, to stay home or stay away from stuff you don't have to go to and to protect yourself when you go to stuff you do need to go to. And take care of yourself and take care of each other. And try to get some sleep. Whew. God bless you guys. Talk to you next week.